Hello and welcome to COS Live. You can watch the original video broadcast live on Tuesdays at 6pm Eastern on either the Convention of States Facebook page or the Convention of States Project YouTube channel. Visit conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's COS Live. Thank you, Madam Vice Chair and members of the committee. Again, Senator Justin Reedy for the record, uh, presenting SJ1. And uh, some of you were here last year and heard this bill, but some of you were not. And I'm just to kind of go into it here. I, it's really important, important concept and idea that I believe this time has come. That's why we're presenting it. And this resolution is being presented to offer a structural solution to a structural problem. SJ1 offers the chance uh, with the Article 5 Amendments Convention to restore the balance of power in our federal system by using our state legislature constitutional authority under Article 5. The activities we see today in Washington, D.C. that come from the federal government, no matter, by the way, who the president is or which party is in charge of Congress, the actions today that we see would have been unimaginable to the founders of our country. Federal laws and regulations now touch upon every aspect of our daily lives, from what kind of light bulbs we uh, can be sold, we can buy, to farming practices, to school, uh, school regulations, to healthcare. And we also are living, and it's becoming more ever more present the more the longer we go, and, and particularly as we talk more and more about what's happening in our economy and with uh, banking and other issues that are in the news today. It's becoming very clear we live under a shadow of a crushing national debt that threatens to be a huge problem. Now, I think it's for our children and grandchildren. It used to be, you could say, our grandchildren and great-grandchildren. It's becoming ever, it's coming ever closer. And this is a bipartisan issue with lots of blame to go around. And I want to credit the, a lot of the folks here that are going to be speaking or involved with, a, with, um, with an organization called Convention of the States that after this nationwide advocate for it in red states and blue states. They've advocated for it when the previous president was president and the current president is president. So they've been very consistent. Um, I only sponsored the bill last year, but I um, something that I've kind of learned a lot about. I believe it's a, a really unique opportunity. The Supreme Court the past decades has vastly expanded federal power through precedents, uh, frequently with willing accomplices in Congress and the executive branch, and again, in both parties and from all ideological persuasions. Um, we spent a lot of time talking about the Supreme Court on the Senate floor the last few days, uh, and so we, we can see the power there. Um, now, the Supreme Court has uh, created loopholes to the Constitution's, Constitution's limit on federal power, and those loopholes will remain there till they get closed. And the someone who can close them is, is sitting in this room. It's us by design as the selected state legislatures. Our founding fathers predicted this very situation could arise over time. Uh, and toward the very end of the Constitutional Convention, George Mason specifically predicted that the federal government would one day overpower the states. It was actually a source of – this whole issue was a source of significant debate at that time and in the years that followed. Uh, and Mason insisted that Article 5 include a way for states to propose constitutional amendments through a state-controlled convention. Mason's proposal was adopted, and the final version of Article 5 gave states the ultimate constitutional power – to unilaterally amend the Constitution of the United States without the consent of Congress. It's a high, high bar. The way it works is two-thirds of state legislatures, and that's 34 states, would pass resolutions applying for a convention to propose amendments on the same topic, uh, which serves as the locked agenda for the meeting. Uh, and each state can choose and instruct its delegates uh, who attend the meeting and work with others to hammer out amendment proposals on the specific topics that's in, that, that are articulated in the 34 state applications. 
And because they act as state agents of their legislatures, these they'd be called commissioners only have legal authority to act pursuant to that specified agenda. And every state gets a vote. Any proposals that are supported by a majority of states did get submitted back to the states for ratification. And uh, as we know, 38 states, 38 states to ratify a constitutional amendment. So this is a, this is a huge, just be a huge undertaking, but it would be the opportunity to see real consensus built on certain issues that could help bring a lot of our, a lot of our warring factions, I think, in our country together. Uh, might, might, and, I, and I think it's actually something we all ought to hope and strive for in the midst of what is a very difficult time politically, I think, for all of us looking, we don't like the, the dissension we see, um, and we can all take a moment and blame one side or the other, but the truth is it's, it, 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 oftentimes the dissension can go both ways or multiple ways. So by, by passing this resolution, we would be saying that we believe it's time for states to gather to pr consider proposing amendments that will rebalance federal power with state power, and specifically what's called for in SJ1 is limited to three topics for amendments. One would be an amendment to impose common sense fiscal discipline on the federal government, uh, looking at things like balancing a budget, amendments that, again, responsibly limits the power and jurisdiction of the federal government uh, in, in its role, and then amendments that would set term limits for federal officials, including or possibly limited to federal judge judges and elected officials. So that doesn't mean that the convention would have to propose an amendment on each of these topics, but that would be the that would be the lockbox that would be part of this that's part of this proposal. So my motivation, as I talked about for the last couple minutes, is I introduced this. I think it's an idea we need to think more about. Uh, number one, we need to really consider doing it. Number two, and, and we would not be we would not be the first state, but there's still a long way to go. Um, but we, I think it's a really great opportunity for us to put our foot down and say we need to reorder the federal government's hold and priorities, but in a way that is not a change that tries to upend everything that we we any of us may or may not disagree with just some common sense uh, fiscal discipline and term limits um i really want to try to see if we can move past i'm trying to find ways in a lot of areas in my sort of whatever my political career is such as it is how can we move past vitriol uh and have strong fierce debate but do it in a way that's focused on solutions and build, building solutions especially relates to national politics it's it's like every two years there's this high stakes game of elections of who's going to control Congress, who's going to be in the White House, and it's like if your side loses the White House, particularly everybody wants to you know say the the world is going to end, and then the other side you know says no no the world everything's going to be great. The truth is it's kind of we have to keep working together. So I'll leave it there and just say that uh, Convention of the States Action Maryland was an all volunteer organization. A number of them are here to testify today. I respectfully ask that you take to heart their testimony, and uh, and we ask for your support of SJ1. And I'd be happy to answer any questions, or we can wait for the panel. It's, it's up to you. Hey, let's uh, let's have your some of your wait. panelists speak. Um, you all can go in any order. Just identify yourselves, and you have up to two minutes to speak. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Vice Chair. My name is Michael Riley. I live in Durwood, Maryland, in District 19. I'm a PhD scientist who develops advanced computing technologies for climate science. I also volunteer for Convention of States Action as Maryland's state director, representing now more than 30,000 supporters across the state. We're a nonprofit constitutional education organization dedicated to helping Marylanders improve our civic skills and build bridges between constituents and their legislators. We are a diverse group that cares deeply about Maryland and the United States. Our supporters are here to tell you why they believe an Article 5 Convention of States is necessary at this time. 
Like you, Madam Vice Chair, they are motivated by the problems our fellow citizens face, and they strive for constructive discussions about the way forward. Today, I will focus on the resources we could apply to those problems. Maryland's share of federal spending is over $113 billion, which is about $20 billion more than our state annual budget. How much control do you have over that $113 billion? Is it solving important problems that we face in Maryland? Are we getting the value we deserve? Maryland is home to some of the most highly regarded institutions in the world. We have one of the most educated populations. We Marylanders know best how to apply our citizens' hard-earned resources to the problems that we face here in our state. But to have that discussion, we need to rebalance our relationship with our federal government. An Article 5 Convention of States provides a well-understood, disciplined way for you and your fellow state legislators from across the country to start that discussion. Let's bring those resources back to Maryland so you, our legislators, can work together to make sure those hard-earned resources go where they're needed. Only then can we get fair, equitable, and sustainable solutions that truly meet Maryland's needs. Please pass the resolution to the committee for debate and a vote on the floor. Madam Chair. Mr. Riley. Ms. Dahl. Members of the committee, our constitutional republic is in jeopardy. We are letting our federal government take away our freedoms via censorship for one, and under the guise of for the better good, that is how totalitarianism begins. Our federal government and media working together unlawfully are smothering any opposing view thwarting any debate. China, Eastern Europe, Cuba, and now Brazil, history is giving us all the warning signals and this one is blaring at us. Our system of controls are being eaten away, disregarded. If we continue on this path, I believe that ultimately the role of the states will be so diminished as to become powerless. It would be naive to believe that we can preserve our freedoms and inalienable rights if we do not take action. You, right now, have the opportunity to use the Constitution to protect the Constitution. Holding a convention of states is a constitutional right, not some concocted notion. If there is any fear or hesitation, it should be outweighed by the degree of what we have to lose. My fear is that this will continually be pushed aside until it's too late. Please vote in favor of this resolution so it can pass to the floor for debate. And I stress the importance of debate. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Dahl. Cody Tristan White, welcome to the committee. You have up to two minutes. My name is Cody White. I am 11 years old and a homeschooled seventh grader from Mechanicsville, Maryland. Power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely. This phrase came from Lord Acton when he sent a letter to Bishop Creighton in 1887 and the sentiment holds true today. History has shown us that when people stay in power for too long, they become corrupted by it. They forget where they came from and the people who elected them. Based on my research, the longest serving representative to the House served for 59 years. Currently, there are members of Congress who have held their jobs for more than 40 years. Honestly, what regular job could they have had? What could they know about the middle class, the poor, the
They've not had to work two to three jobs to make ends meet. They don't have to worry about the price of eggs or how they're going to feed their families. Many members of Congress have been in the government for so long that they are totally disconnected from most of America. How are they representing their constituents if they don't understand them? How can we say we are a representative government if our elected officials don't actually represent the people they serve? When the Prime Minister of New Zealand stepped down a few weeks ago, she said, I am leaving because with such a privileged role comes responsibility. The responsibility to know when you are the right person to lead and also when you are not. I wish more people in Congress were like her. Term limits are necessary for prosperity. President Eisenhower said, what is good for the president might very well be good for the Congress, and Americans agreed with him. I believe that representatives will better represent us when we limit how long they can represent us. The founders wanted a truly representative government, so they made it possible for the people to call a convention of states through their states. This is our chance to make this happen. This joint resolution includes a provision to discuss and enact an amendment that will address term limits and solve this problem. Please support SG1. Thank you very much. Have you here. And wrapping up this panel, uh, Mary Jane Perot. Welcome. I'm Mary Jane Perot, regional captain, and represent almost 5,000 Convention of State supporters and thankful for your attention today. Our Article 5 Convention of States resolution is simply calling for a national convention to debate the three topics outlined in the application. Citizens across the state are concerned about what's happening in Washington and relieved when they learn that there is a solution. They immediately sign the petition knowing that term limits and fiscal restraints are needed. A recent survey showed that 80% of voters across party lines wanted Congress term limited. Those opposed have said elections are term limits, yet the president can only serve two terms. Congress should be term limited as well, but it can only be accomplished through a convention of states. Inflation created by federal overspending lowers our standard of living and creates particular strain on low-income families. In 30 years, 40% of the federal budget will be interest expense on the national debt. Wouldn't it be helpful to have one topic in one bill as we do in Maryland? This helps control costs. The third topic is restraining the federal government to rebalance the power between the states and the federal government. I used to think it was a slippery slope to have a convention of states, but after reading more, I learned that's not possible. The result of the convention is to simply propose amendments constrained by the three topics, which also needs to be ratified by 38 states. So we're just asking to have a meeting to discuss, to discuss these types of solutions. Ask yourself, what do I have to lose by voting for this bill for the first time? You have so much to gain because this is one of the most important legislations of our time. Please approve it. Thank you. Within you all kept within your time limit. We appreciate that respect, and we're glad you were here to share your opinions. Uh, next panel, let's see, are there any questions for this panel? Senator Carroza. Yeah, thank you. If you all would stay seated first. Thank you, Senator Vice Carroza. Thank you, Madam Vice Chair, and I'll be brief. Um, I'm always interested because um, the witnesses bring a lot of uh, information about uh, our founding and a reminder of um, how we were formed as a constitutional republic. My question is, and I think it might have been presented 
I wanted to know, do so many states have to pass this joint resolution before it can, we can move to that? And I forget what that magic number might be. Just like with the Congress, it's a two thirds. So 34 states have to pass this, essentially the same joint resolution. We are currently at 19. And 38 have to ratify, but 34. Okay. Um, I'm going to take a moment uh, because I think it's really important that, uh, uh, that Cody hear this. So a bunch of states years ago passed term limits, and a bunch of them have repealed because they're a really bad idea. And they, they take away <clears throat> they take away choice from the voters. Because if someone's doing a good job, you don't want them to leave. And so even conservative states like Idaho and Utah have repealed them. So it's a more complicated issue than than might, you know, meet the eye. And uh, and folks who are not accountable to the voters, like lobbyists or staffers, are not term limited and they end up making the decisions rather than the accountable voters, the legislators. So I just want to offer that. Isn't that so, um, isn't that so Mr. Chairman? Uh, with that, that would uh, that would complete Senator, the question. Senator Kagan, Senator Kagan, the good news is the convention simply says it's something you discuss. So you I understand. Have to do it. I understand. But the theme of a lot of the witnesses was uh, term limits. And they it sounds appealing until people think about it. And then they go, oh, yeah, I don't want lobbyists and staffers making the decision. Yeah, we With all due respect to our lobbyists and staffers, uh, I think elected officials who are accountable makes more sense. Uh, with that, um, thank you all for your testimony. Elwin Redburn, Chengbo's son, David Hafer. Jacob DeBoer and Cesare Vitobia uh, is the next panel. And then we'll have uh, one or one and a half more panels after this. You all can go in any order, just identify yourselves and you have up to two minutes to present your testimony. Welcome to the committee. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. It's my privilege to speak in front of you. My name is Chen Baosang. I came from China. When I first came to, to the United States, uh, I was like a bird out of the cage. This land is like uh, the image of heaven to me. But uh, because of where I came from, I recognize that communism is coming here. Three years ago, I, the almost forgotten feeling of suffocating suddenly struck me hard when we were instructed what we could say and how we should think. I was told freedom of speech is, was protected here, but somehow so much censorship. And so many decisions are made by Washington DC instead of our state. I'm hyper alert of freedoms suddenly disappearing. <clears throat> My friends who grew up here seems didn't realize this is a big deal. My friends, they ask, what does that have to do with me? Well, I have many examples of things happening right here that frighten me, and I perhaps should frighten you as well. Freedom of speech used to be the greatest freedom, but now so much, and so, Many things are fact-checked. A fact-checkment 
That sounds like a Soviet Union Ministry of Truth, but whose truth is that truth? I love this country. When I look around the world, I see that our country is a last land of peace and freedom. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Mr. Sun. Uh, next witness. Yes. My name is Cantor Elwin Redfern from Silver Spring, and I have lived in Maryland for 32 years and a second generation American. I'm a professional cantor and have been a prayer leader in traditional Jewish synagogues in Annapolis, Baltimore, and Delaware. I am here today as part of the Convention of States to ask you respectfully and humbly to approve our SJ-1 resolution today. We just want the resolution discussed and debated for the first time in the Senate during this year's legislative session. I've supported Convention of States because for at least 10 years now, I feel there is too much federal authority in every person's daily life in America. As an election judge in Montgomery County for 20 years, I've been very interested in our county government and legislative matters in Annapolis. President Abraham Lincoln said, government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. I'm not sure that our federal government wants us anymore. The federal government is taking away your power as a state government, and this is alarming to me. There are now 19 states that have already approved the Convention of States. 33 states have passed the COS resolution, including the state of Massachusetts. For more states, four more states are closing to passing this week. If the Maryland legislature passes the Convention of States resolution entirely and becomes a supporter, Maryland will have more freedom and liberty to run our state as, a, as President Lincoln asked because it will be participating in helping making the choices uh, now made at the federal level related to budgeting, the scope of the federal government, and how long legislators serve the states all through this convention. Maryland should have a loud voice as a leader in this convention. Mr. Redford. Next, please. Hi, I'm Jacob DeBoer. I'm in seventh grade, and I currently live in California, Maryland. Confusing, right? Most people know what term limits are, but not many people know the true value of them and how they are formed and implemented. Term limits were first introduced to the government on February 27, 1951, via the 22nd Amendment. This prevented people after Franklin Roosevelt from serving more than two terms in a row as president. Term limits are crucial to governmental structure as it prevents uh, presidents from making self-interested decisions to retain power, an oppressive and almost dictatorial government from forming, and a leader from becoming corrupt and power-hungry. This nuance of human nature is not just limited to our commander-in-chief. In the present, most go or elected government officials are allowed to serve an unlimited number of terms, which leaves them susceptible to the same self-interests and may be the reason that we've surpassed our debt ceiling by trillions. For instance, or public officials could be coerced through bribes or risks of election into supporting laws that a vocal and connected group of people demand, even if, in their opinion, those laws aren't the best for the country as a whole. When elected officials are more heavily influenced by wealthy donors and connected individuals than their own constituents, then they represent special interests rather than people who are working multiple jobs just to make ends meet. Additionally, self-interested politicians taking up the limited seats of government prevent new and innovative ideas from forming. This leads us to the point where officials push the status quo for the special interest groups, mocking the design of our representative government. 
Term limits minimize the amount politicians would be susceptible to lobbyists and their financial influence and establish safety buffers against negative consequences for the country. They would also allow for new people to be involved and overall improve our society for our citizens. Thankfully, our founding fathers designed the Constitution to allow for checks and balances. Article 5 is one of these. By calling a convention of states, we can place term limits on those who need it most. The congressional body who are biased to special interests rather than those who elected them. Thank you. Thank you very much. Next witness, please. My name is Chase Ray Vodapi, and I live in District 13. Our country will turn 247 years old this year. That's just a little over four my lifetimes. This is still a young country. It is an experiment in self-governance. Because of the growing size and depth of the federal government, I fear we may be in the late stages of an unsuccessful experiment rather than the early stages of a successful one. As a civil libertarian, unconstitutional overreach of the federal government scares me. As a fiscal conservative, the reckless spending scares me. Finally, it scares me to see the federal government unconstitutionally usurping powers that belong to the states. Our founders gave us Article 5 as a way to bypass the Congress to amend the Constitution because they knew there would probably come a time when the people would need to constrain the federal government. The three items in this resolution to be discussed at a national convention provide a framework for constraint. I worry about what the future holds for my grandchildren and how the dysfunction in Washington is going to affect them. It is my hope that members of this committee vote favorable on this joint resolution so it can be debated on the Senate floor and so future generations do not have to live through the demise of this republic and witness the failure of the American experiment in self-governance. The threats we face because of our runaway federal apply equally to all, or to the right. This deserves debate and serious consideration. A convention of states to propose amendments to the U.S. Constitution will provide we, the people, the ability to constrain the federal government. Please support passing SJ1 to the floor for debate so the full Senate has the opportunity to vote up or down on this joint resolution so the Maryland legislature might join other states to utilize the gave us to ensure the American experiment self-government is a success. Thank you. Thank you. And I'm thinking you are Mr. Haver. That is me. Okay, welcome. Good afternoon. My name is Dave Hafer, and I am the District 29 Captain for the Convention of States. I represent approximately 1,700 Convention of States supporters. For more than 35 years, I served as both a Marine and a civilian in the federal government. I have extensive experience with the Department of Defense, the Department of State, and the intelligence community. I've long been concerned over how the federal government spends the taxpayers' money. It always seems that when budgeting, we look to spend more, so we can get more. As a manager, I would look for ways to spend the taxpayers' money wisely. My proposals to cut funds, programs, and positions typically fell on deaf ears. The usual refrain was, what if we need these in the future? Spending more to get more. Every year we were given end-of-the-year money, so we would be directed to take unnecessary overseas trips for unnecessary purposes to unnecessary locations. This is just one of the many examples of wasteful federal spending I witnessed during my long career. Over time, it became clear to me that the federal government will not restrain itself. Now the federal debt is over $31 trillion. The federal government has spent and grown far beyond what our founders had ever intended. They would be astounded at the size and scope of the federal government today. 
However, in their incredible wisdom and foresight, they anticipated that this could happen. They left an escape clause. It is called Article 5 of the U.S. Constitution, a convention of states. Please help us put an end to excessive spending. Americans don't want it and can't afford it. The Convention of States will allow participants to, to discuss ways to address overspending and debt, which requires discussion by all states. Please support Resolution SJ-1 so it can proceed to the House and Senate for, for debate so Maryland will have a voice in this process. Thank you. Are there questions for these panelists? Seeing none, thank you for your testimony. Next up, could we have Young Chang Smith, Paul Macri, Robert Betts, James McQueen, and Seth Libgo? You may come and take your seats. And you can begin your testimony in any order. You each have up to two minutes. Okay, you may begin. Any of you may start. We have a lot of work to do today. Go ahead. All right. good. Thank you. you know, here we go. My name is Seth Lipko. I live in District 32. I represent just over 4,000 Convention of State supporters in Anne Arundel County. And I'm testifying in support of this application for a Convention of States to propose new constitutional amendments. And the reason for my support is simple. I want my children to inherit a better world than I did. And shouldn't that be what we're all striving for? I mean, I'd imagine that's probably why all of you are in office today. Um, and it's, it's really each one of our duties to, uh, whether we have children or not, to, to try to uh, move our society in a positive direction and bring about positive change in our future. And I just want to take a quick second here to thank all of you for doing that here. Um, I just see that our federal government's failing to do this. Um, they're enslaving my children to debt from their frivolous spending. They're ignoring their, their constitutional responsibilities and, and taking on responsibilities that should be left to you, uh, our state government. Uh, I feel like it might be a different story if they perform those duties well, uh, but almost everywhere that they interject themselves, they, they just spread themselves thinner, uh, they're less effective, and they end up leaving my children the bill. Uh, and they've done this without the approval of us, the American people. And honestly, you are our only hope for stopping this trend. Uh, I'm not being represented in DC but I hope that I'm represented here. And uh, that's why I ask that this committee takes, a, takes this resolution to the floor uh, for a vote and support its full passage. Uh, you can end the lifelong residencies in Congress, allowing new public servants to enter with new ideas to solve our nation's problems. Uh, you can put a stop to the overreach of power, uh, restoring balance to our federalist system. And you can put a stop to the overspending, bringing responsibility back to our country. I see this as the best way to improve our way of life for us and for future generations. So please pass this joint resolution uh, to the floor for debate. Thank you. For your thoughtful testimony. We appreciate the respect. Yes, welcome. My name is Yuman Chung. I'm a first generation immigrant from Hong Kong. I came to the United States 24 years ago, leave everything I knew to escape from communism, where our central government control how many children we could have. There today, censorship has been extended not only to media, but also all internet activities, monitors, and social credit scoring place. I came to the United States to be free of those realities. Our government system is the best in the world, when it operates in accordance with the constitutions, we have strayed from that. For years, 
our federal government has placed regulatory burdens upon businesses, rules upon rules to restrict commerce and freedom of speech. These are very familiar things to me, and my family does not want that to happen here, but we cannot stop it without your help. Federal agencies are not elected by the people. However, they are able to collect and spend people's money to play favoritism on projects that only benefit their donors. You know what's the best for Marylanders better than officials in DC. I hope I can count on you, making sure that the federal government would not get bigger. I'm worried that if you don't, Americans will live like where I came from, overreaching central government controlled by a few hundred representatives collect huge amounts of taxes from citizens, but distribute very little to provinces that need it most and too much involvement in our personal lives. It will hurt everyone, particularly state governments because they will no longer have much control. Please keep this from happening. You do not want to know how bad it feels to live under those conditions, neither do I want to go back to it. Therefore, I'm here to ask you to support SJ1. Thank you very much. Good afternoon. My name is Paul Macri, and I'm a retired Navy commander and an engineer. As a state grassroots coordinator, I represent over 30,000 supporters from Maryland and Convention of States, and I'm a strong supporter of the joint resolution. The resolution before you proposes a convention to discuss three issues, fiscal restraint, federal term limits, and federal overreach. And let me explain how I believe that this resolution will affect those three to save our constitutional public that we uh, some call a democracy. First, without fiscal restraints, our children and grandchildren will be crushed by a multi-trillion dollar debt due to excessive federal spending. You and I balance our family budget, as does the state of Maryland. We need to cut federal spending and return to spending decisions to the states. Second is the term limits on Congress and federal officials. And to be clear, we don't want term limits on you in Maryland. We like and need your voice. We want term limits on those in Washington, D.C. That will also make it easier for you to go to Washington, D.C. The third and final issue that I want to discuss at the convention is the federal overreach. Uh, in the Navy, we call this mission creep. We need to return the original limits on federal power and jurisdiction. The Constitution lists the few, the only federal responsibilities. Anything and everything else resides in the states like 50 little laboratories. We have to end the one-size-fits-all approach. The few federal powers should be executed only in Washington, D.C. The many state powers will be applied locally. As the saying goes, all politics are local. The, the three topics work together to bring decision-making back home along with the associated funds. When the power is returned, we'll be back in balance. I trust you to better execute the power and budget and funds once those powers are returned to you better than it would be in Washington, D.C. Uh, we enjoy a super majority in a nonpartisan way. And, and uh, thank you for your attention. Next, next, please. Good afternoon. My name is Bob Betts. I live in District 9A along with 800 other Marylander voters who want you to call for an Article 5 conventions. Those 800 voters and I have one message for you today. Please send SJ1 to the full Senate for a discussion, debate, and vote. In my testimony today, I wanted to expose the disinformation behind the most common objections to our resolution. You've probably heard them already and are likely to hear them again. So I want you to be prepared to understand them when you do hear them. 
First is the claim that a constitutional convention could destroy the entire U.S. government and should be avoided at all costs. That's true. All of us supporting SJ-1 today oppose a constitutional convention. SJ-1 seeks an amendments convention, not a constitutional convention. The two are as different as Joe Biden and Donald Trump. A simple reading of Article 5 makes that clear. In fact, conventions of states were common when our country was founded. They are simply a meeting between any number of states to talk about something and maybe make a couple decisions. The most recent one was held in the 1990s to discuss water rights among several southwestern states. They didn't call it a convention of states, but that's what it was. And our resolution seeks to hold another one. Third is the claim that a convention of states would operate without rules, could not be controlled, and would allow corporate donors, lobbyists, and other undesirables to rewrite the Constitution and destroy our civil liberties. Again, a simple reading of Article 5 makes it clear that the only power this convention of states will have is to propose, not adopt, amendments to the Constitution. And I'll say just one more thing in closing. The objections I've heard and that will likely be submitted to this committee are the product of people who haven't either, either read Article 5, read it but don't understand it, or who understand what our resolution means and will say anything to retain power they hold over us by changing nothing. Thank you, Mr. Betts. And Mr. McQueen? Yeah. Good afternoon. My name is James McQueen. I'm a native Marylander. And I learned something today walking through around here. And I'm going to read to you a picture from a picture of a, something hanging on the wall next door. The Civil Rights Amendments. The Founding Fathers knew the, civil, the United States Constitution was in perfect document and thus allowed for corrections to be made in place in future times when society would accept the unalienable rights of the United States citizen. Article 5 of the United States Constitution outlines the process of amending the Constitution. And it talks about that. And what we're talking about here in Article 5 and what amendments that they had made in the Constitution was the first one was 13th Amendment, abolishing slavery. The 14th Amendment, all natural-born citizens of the United States. And it goes on further and then the jurisdiction what their rights are. The 15th Amendment, all citizens have the right to vote. The 19th Amendment, women have the right to vote. And the 24th Amendment, there will be no poll or property tax required to vote. Once again, this is perfect examples of using the Constitution to fix the Constitution and other amendments with the Civil Rights Amendments that we needed in this country at the time, but this started out in 1865, 68, 1870, 1920, and of course, 1964, the year of the Civil Rights Law. Thank you for your time and for listening. You being here, are there questions for this panel? Seeing none, we thank you for your testimony and for participating in democracy here in Annapolis. We have two more witnesses, and that'll wrap up this bill hearing. That's Elliot Weekly and a return of Will Zwart. You may go in any order, and you have up to two minutes. Welcome. Hello. I'm Elliot Weekly. 
I am in seventh grade and live in Hollywood, Maryland. This is my second time testifying before you all, and I am happy to be here, exercising my right to be heard as a citizen of the United States. Last year, I wrote my testimony and delivered it here, where I discussed learning about the role of federalism in our government and how important it is to have a division of power between branches as well as levels of government. I learned about the power of my voice and the need for citizens to be active in working with legislators. I talked about things have gone off track, but that our founding fathers wrote a Hail Mary, buried in Article 5, allowing for the states to reign in the federal government. This is the Convention of States. Now, I know discussing the founders isn't the most popular thing to do this day and age, but I would argue that every single person in this room lives the life they live because of those 55 men, especially the 39 who signed our Constitution. Every citizen in this great nation, regardless of who they are, has a say in how things go. We are represented by you, represented in what should be your role as servant leaders. I was disappointed last year and confused about how you could hear something like this and not try to understand it better. I was frustrated when the committee didn't even vote on the resolution. More than 30,000 of your constituents have very plainly asked for you to consider this, and as representatives, it is your duty to deliberate and then say whether or not you will pass this to the floor. My ask is simple this year. Please vote on the resolution and committee so we know whether or not you, as our elected officials, are interested in actually representing us. Thank you. Uh, Will. <clears throat> Well, good afternoon, Chairman Feldman and committee members. Uh, my name is Will Zort. I have returned. And I'm, sp <laughs> I'm speaking in favor of this resolution, not only for myself, but for the 1,400 petition signers I represent as a district captain. Honestly, I never thought I'd get the chance to testify for anything, let alone for something as widespread as COS. I mean, this exact same resolution has been debated and discussed by every state in the country except Connecticut, I guess they missed the memo, but everywhere else, thousands of citizens and legislators have testified for this resolution, just as I am now. And as someone of my generation, that's a pretty rare opportunity. Uh, before I discovered Convention of States, I felt like a lot of young people do, where Washington, D.C. just seemed very indifferent. I think most Americans feel that way, but with younger people, it's especially strong, because when Congress debates a bill, to them, it's just a bill, yay or nay. But to us, that's our future. We'll have to try and pay for that $30 trillion debt. I want to start a family someday, but I'll have to do so under hyperinflation and a crippled economy. Those kinds of decisions should be made by the people they affect. And my generation just feels like we have no voice, no control over our own future, which seems pretty bleak at that. That's why so many young people feel discouraged and hopeless, but that's also why this resolution is so great, because it shows my generation that we can actually be involved in the system and make an impact. Fiscal restraints allow us to build our wealth and lives. Term limits open up seats for us to actually be in the system. And overreach limits prevent the federal government from just voting away our, our futures. Everyone should have control of their life. And in the same way that the Emancipation Proclamation gave thousands of slaves control of their real lives, this resolution gives thousands of Americans, millions of Americans, that same control today. This resolution will save my future. It is my future. Please support it and bring it to this committee. Thank you. There are questions for either of these young advocates? Seeing none, that completes this panel and that completes the hearing on Senate. Senate. Oh, oh, wait, hold on. One. I see nothing on this. Sorry, hold on. 
it's not highlighted. Okay. Yeah. Okay, not highlighted. Okay, sorry. Uh, Michael Ferris, I'm wrong. So you guys are done. Thank you. Uh, Michael Ferris and then Jennifer Brown are with us to testify virtually. Ms. Brown, welcome. You have up to two minutes and this is favorable uh, testimony. My name is Jennifer Brown. I hold a master's degree um, from Johns Hopkins in government with a focus in law and justice. I'm a political science instructor. Um, and a Convention of States supporter. Last year, I testified about students in college. Um, this year, I'd like to address some concerns that people typically raise when talking about a convention. Um, some note that the Convention of 1787 was runaway. However, that was not an accurate depiction of the constitutional framework of the United States at the time. The 1777 Articles of Federation created an entirely different structure of government than we have now. Each retained, each state retained sovereignty, freedom, independence, and every power, jurisdiction, and right um, not directly addressed by the articles. And furthermore, they entered into a firm league of friendship, which operated much like a treaty among states rather than a unitary government. In 1786, the states recognized shortcomings of the articles and independently sent delegates to the federal convention to render the federal constitution adequate to the exigencies of government and the preservation of the union. Thus, the goal of the Constitutional Convention was to rewrite the Constitution as a long-term stable government, not simply propose amendments to an already faltering system. The Article 5 Convention proposed by SJ1 is fundamentally different. It limits delegates to consider only those things that you've heard today, and it does not allow them to consider without uh, outside of that scope. Um, Maryland's unwillingness to consider an amendments convention at the federal level is fundamentally opposed to our own constitutional philosophy. In Maryland, as well as in 18 other states, citizens must periodically vote on whether or not there will be a state constitutional convention. So I ask the members of this committee to consider our own political culture as a smaller state, but always as a key player in national policy. Um, please vote favorable to SJ1. Thank you. Harris. You will be our last witness. I think he's not. But he's not here. He's, not, he's dropped out. So yeah. Okay. All right. So we didn't get to hear from Michael Ferris. Are there questions for Ms. Brown? Seeing none. Okay. Again, uh, that completes the hearing on Senate Joint Resolution 1. Thank you, Senator Reedy. You have been watching a hearing of a uh, Maryland Senate committee in consideration of our Article 5 Convention of States legislation titled SJ1. Uh, just to give you a quick recap, Senator Justin Reddy introduced the resolution and he gave a very articulate presentation. He spoke very well on behalf of Convention of States and many people in Maryland. Uh, several COS volunteers gave testimony and answered questions from committee members. There were several young patriots there who also gave testimony before this committee. There was no vote taken today. We are expecting a vote to happen sometime this week or soon after. We have Monica Sellers with us, who is the regional director for Maryland. Uh, she was watching the testimony. And uh, Monica, it's so great that you're joining us today. I would like to get your perspective on what happened today and how do you and the team feel? Well, thank you, Andrew. This was just an amazing day for our Maryland team. We have a great team out there. We have 30,000 uh, signed petitions throughout the state. We have an excellent team. You got to hear them today. I believe there were 18 members of the team there testifying in support. Um, there was a delay with the hearing getting started, so they've been patiently waiting all day. And wow, 
what powerful, heartfelt testimony. Uh, these are all volunteers and they realize what's at stake and they're willing to do whatever it takes to help get Maryland on board. And certainly hope those uh, members of the committee were listening because they gave some great reasons for why, why Maryland needs to get on board with this. Monica, I want to go to some of the testimony that we heard from some of the younger uh, patriots that were that, that were there in that committee room. There was one that really struck me. Uh, this one individual, this one young, this young boy, he talked about Lord Acton's statement, power corrupts and absolute power corrupts absolutely. I, I was just so impressed by how these young these young people giving testimony. What was your response to hearing some of these these young supporters? Well, Andrew, I have had the pleasure of meeting Cody in person, and he's the real deal. He's an 11 year old who loves uh, learning about the Constitution, the Federalist Papers, all of these things that aren't being taught in the public schools anymore. But he's a homeschool kid and he's learning about our uh, country's uh, founding and history. Uh, he's a winner of the uh, Convention of States Maryland Essay Contest last year and just an amazing kid, as you can tell. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. He was so impressive. Many of those young kids were very impressive. It was great to hear from them. It, it seemed at one point that the, the chairwoman uh, seemed to not agree with our the one of the planks of our resolution. She, she called into question term limits, and she said that that takes power away from the people and the elections are a form of term limits. You know, that just didn't sit well with me. She also said that uh, it would be bureaucrats and lobbyists that would be calling the shots. And that's also not true because our the language of our resolution would allow for term limits on federal officials and their staff. So what was your what was your perspective when she called into question the merits of term limits and just generally our Article 5 application? Well, Andrew, uh, no huge surprise. Uh, we are all about limiting the power of the federal government. And there are some who like big government and uh, want it to be as big as it is, maybe even bigger. Uh, so it it's not surprising that they would be opposed to term limits. However, uh, in polling, uh, consistently 85% of the American people want some form of term limits. And uh, we believe that term limits need to be up for discussion. And uh, as several of those testifying uh, discussed, this getting to convention is only to be able to discuss term limits. Uh, and, you know, the, the details will be decided at the convention. But with 85% of the American people, of course, that is across all political spectrums, we need to be allowed to have that discussion. And uh, our supporters are going to continue to raise their voices in support of that. Right. Well, I listed a couple of things that stood out to me, Monica, during that hearing. Was there anything that stood out to you um, when, during this hearing? Well, I think uh, sometimes it's easy to hear, well, this is happening in Maryland. You know, is there any chance of us ever passing there? But as you heard, we have great supporters in Maryland and they feel the same as anyone else. And at the end of the day, our polling consistently shows the American people are behind convention of states and they want the topics of our resolution. They wanna be able to uh, have term limits on federal officials. Uh, 
they want fiscal restraints on the federal government. Uh, they don't like the federal government spending money we don't have on stuff we don't want. And they want to be able to limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government. These all tend to be very mainstream, common sense solutions. And we have faith, including states like Maryland, are going to get behind this. In fact, I can tell you the entire Maryland team has a, uh, if you want to kind of call it a, a marketing campaign going on, and it's the convention is coming. And uh, it's really up to those Maryland legislators to uh, learn about this solution and get on board because the convention is going to happen. And we want to make sure that all of the states uh, have that early seat at the table. So as I said, we have an amazing team in Maryland and uh, we're just so proud of them. They did a great job today. And it's so exciting to hear the Maryland team with that type of perspective that a convention is coming. They already are looking to the inevitable and they're looking at what they can do now to make sure that Maryland is one of those states that does pass the COS resolution, joining uh, her sister states and calling the very first Article 5 Convention of States. Uh, my question then is, what is next for Maryland? Uh, we didn't get a vote today, so what's next? Well, the team will continue to uh, ask for a vote. Uh, the, the committee uh, chair will decide whether they want to hold a vote or not. And uh, this is at the heart of what we are all about, and it's grassroots pressure. It's uh, citizens from within the state advocating for this. Uh, we certainly hope, uh, you know, there was uh, 18 members of the team testifying in support. Uh, there wasn't anyone that showed up to support and to testify in opposition to this. So uh, we certainly believe that uh, a vote is well-deserved and uh, that there needs to be a, a, you know, this needs to be discussed and debated on the floor of the Senate. And, uh, you know, ultimately we would like to have a vote there. Whether that will happen or not, uh, we're certainly hoping and praying for that. And either way, we're going to continue to fight the good fight. Our teams will continue fighting. We're never giving up. We're never going home. Uh, this is about our future. And they have the spirit that our founders had. And that's just, uh, we're going we're gonna to continue until we get this done. That's outstanding to hear. Monica, I know you're very, very busy. So I have one last question before we let you go. What is your call to action to everyone who's tuning in right now? And what is your call to action to uh, our supporters and activists within Maryland? Well, thank you, Andrew. What I would tell everyone, regardless of where you are, but certainly if you're within Maryland, uh, go to the Convention of States website, check us out, consider getting involved with the team. Uh, consider going to that Take Action tab. Uh, you don't have to have any special experience. If you love our country, if you're willing to spend some time helping to learn about Convention of States and promote this within your state, uh, we have a role for you. So please consider getting involved. Uh, as I said, our country is at stake and we have a place for you. We can we can help uh, find something where you can be effective and make a difference, not only for this generation, but for future generations. Mm. Outstanding. Thank you so much, Monica. It's always a pleasure having you on these live streams. Uh, you and the Maryland team did such an outstanding job and uh, we're so proud of you and so proud of the work that our Maryland team is doing. Thank you again. We look forward to having you back to talk about one of your other states soon. Thank you, Andrew. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. You have been watching a uh, live a COS, a special COS live covering the Maryland Senate committee that was hearing SJ1. There is no vote today. We'll be expecting a vote in the near future. Uh, until then, we have a country to save, so it's time for us to get back to work. We'll see you at the next committee hearing. This has been the podcast version of COS Live, originally broadcast on Convention of States Facebook and Convention of States Project YouTube. Check out more content at conventionofstates.com slash pod. Thank you for listening.